Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast, stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name, my name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host, and joining me as always, my wife, the hostess with the mostest, my partner in crime, sitting beside me every day. Her name is... I'm sitting across from you. <sighs> Whatever. Just Jen. Just Jen. <laughs> She's always got to correct me. Always got to be right. She's a rule follower, right? Yes. Got to be the rules. Yes. I'm not. I'm not beside you. I'm across from you. I know. That's why I could never lie because I just I I have to tell the truth. Why is your nose growing? I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not growing. Actually, your nose grows. And your ears too. When you get older. Do they? That's what they say. That's weird. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. I, I rebuke that. I send that back from whence it came. Yeah. You can get plastic surgery. No. I know. I've never been under the knife. No tattoos, no plastic surgery. I know. That's no, not for thank me. thank you. I'm scared. What? I'm scared of that. You're scared of something? I'm scared. You're of a fierce warrior Viking. I am afraid of going under the knife and not waking up. You're a fierce warrior Viking. You shouldn't be afraid of anything. You wield a sword and an axe. I guess I'm not afraid of it. I just don't want to do it. I do not want to volunteer for anything like that. This is what I've learned about you. You don't want to do what you don't want to do. That is very true. You only want to do what you want to do. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in trouble for that. This is for sure. If you're enjoying our podcast and would like a little bit more connection with us, you can find us in a couple different places. Jennifer, where can they find us? You can find us on Spotify. iHeartRadio. iTunes. Stitcher. SoundCloud. Google Play. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Together as a team. And if they want to follow us on social media, how do they follow us on social media? Hope Radio Podcast on Facebook and Hope Radio Podcast on Instagram. So check it out if you want to connect with us. We've got pictures of all of the guests that we've had on the show, some write-ups on everybody that's been there, and you can like and follow and subscribe, and we can keep this hope train a-moving. Choo-choo! I'm really excited about our show today. We have an award-winning children's book author coming on the show today. Can you believe that? Award-winning? Yes. That's exciting. She wrote an incredible book with a very, very appropriate adult message. Yes. By the way, yes. good for kids, but the best books have a message that's good for adults too called Cubs Wish. Yes. About a panda cub. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to link it up somewhere on when we post. Yes, yeah. we will. But uh, I'll, I'll get into a little bit more about that in a moment. But uh, just want to ask you a question. Okay. Okay, they're about to, like, right now, things are starting to open up. I'm seeing, I'm feeling a shift. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a shift in society right now. Now, here's what's happened. We're in California. Newsom yesterday said, here's our timeline of what has to happen in order for things to happen, happen. Yes. And I think everyone said, hell no, we're not going to wait what seems like months before things open up. And I'm starting to see people like out there. I think people mm -hmm. are getting fed up. Yeah. I think they're, they're going, ah, you may tell me to stay home, but I'm going to go out. First of all, I think Gavin Newsom just likes to hear himself talk for one, but, um, yeah. He's a good communicator though, in he, all fairness. He is, but. He talks well. He does talk well. I want the cliff notes. <laughs> you always want the cliff notes. <laughs> yes. Cut to the chase. Tell I want, me what I, I want, need to know. I want out of quarantine. When can we go out? Yes, just let us out. Well, I, you know, I think they're going to be in a weird situation because if people start to, I think it'd be a cascade, I think an avalanche. If people start to go out when mm -hmm. they're not supposed to go out and more yeah. people see people out, then what the state's going to do? Are they going to put more pressure on us? They're going to start arresting us? They're going to start finding us if we're out? Like it's, and then Yikes. rioting? Oh. Well, I, honestly, I want to be let out when it's safe. One, yeah. because I don't want to be that person. But um, yeah, I think we're just all kind of getting anxious and just waiting impatiently. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, this too shall pass, but I feel like it should accelerate the passing. <laughs> it should faster. pass faster. <laughs> it should pass faster. <laughs> Further faster. All right. So let's uh, let's move on before I introduce our guest. I want to get to joke time. Oh, we're doing tell a joke. Yes. So you got your joke ready? Yeah. Since when did we think we became these great joke tellers? Well, I don't think we are. No, but, that was you a know. joke. What? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he laughed. Uh, that means I already won. <laughs> uh, 
you're funny. I know I am. Go. Okay, you ready for this one? I don't think so. Yeah, you're probably not. It's a food joke. Shocking. Okay. Why did the tofu cross the road? I don't know why. To prove he wasn't chicken. (laughs) 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 That means you laughed twice. I laughed twice for that? No. You laughed at the first joke. I don't think I laughed once. You laughed at my first joke. I did? Yeah. Okay. Well, does that... So now you're prepping me for the fact (laughs) that you're a winner, right? Well, you're only telling one joke, so I've already won twice. Yesterday, you chastised me because you said my joke made you fall asleep, or it was too long, or it needed to be shorter, or whatever. Do the cliff notes of your joke. Since when did you start making all the rules? (laughs) I've always made all the rules. I do what I want. Oh, you're right. (laughs) All right, so you ready for my joke? Yep. Uh, how do you get an astronaut's baby to sleep? Wow, that was a short joke. I like this one. I don't know. How do you get a astronaut's baby to sleep? You boot it into space. You rock it. Oh, that's a cute one. See, that's a gen joke. You that's like that a, one? That's a short, cute one. I do like that one. Did I win? Um... I'm going to say yes. Oh, yeah. High five. But, but there's a button there. What? Um, because I won two I don't two want your times. button there. <laughs> no, because I won. I said two jokes. No. So that means you laughed twice. You can't change the rules. So if we wash one, that means I still won. How did I know this was going to be my fate? That's just what happens. You always win. Winner. All right, so I will concede the victory as I always do, although my <laughs> listeners know I won that one. Mine was funnier than your tofu joke. I'll well, tell I don't you know. I should uh, ask our listeners. No, no, you don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> so uh, we're going to bring on, I'm super excited for Angie Flores, the author of Cubs Wish, mm-hmm. to come on to our show and tell us about how her life has been transformed. She was a corporate executive making a lot of money, working 12-hour days, not seeing her family. Everything got upended, mm-hmm. and she chose a different path, and we're going to hear what that path has done for her, yeah. where it has led her in her life, and I think it's a, an incredible story. You excited? I'm super excited, as always. Shall we get her on the line? Let's call her. All right, here we go. All right, so I've got award-winning author Angie Flores on the line with us. Welcome to the show, Angie. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, we are doing awesome. How are you? Oh, I'm awake. I'm enjoying myself here at home with my family. <laughs> hey, what what <laughs> more has- can you ask in the middle of a pandemic, right? <laughs> right. It's it's not totally forced, but you know, we're we're enjoying it. We're enjoying our time together. Yeah. Yes. That's the main thing. Safe. Yes. <laughs> I, I think you have to in these times. I think you have to uh, have a focus of you know, appreciating the good things and being thankful for what you do have and what you are able to do and not fixate on, on the stuff that you're not able to do yeah, right now, which sure. is plentiful. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things. So you have three children? I have, well, my children are kind of growing now. Okay. <laughs> I have, um, I do have three boys. Okay. Um, and so one the, of them, or actually two of them are home doing their homework and oh, schoolwork from home. Okay. And I have one in college in the Fullerton and he's doing his work in his dorms but or his apartment out there but yeah we're pretty much all together oh I love <laughs> and, that uh, yeah. uh, we, yeah. we we have four boys yes we do oh wow oh my gosh <laughs> you're a saint Jen. we have four cubs oh my gosh <laughs> four cubs yes, yes. four cubs because we <laughs> keep mama there right yeah oh my gosh yeah it's interesting it's interesting yeah it's, it's fun <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can't see my life any other way because I just I love being with the boys. It's a lot of fun. It is, you know, and I always said that if, if I had girls, <laughs> I would probably be bankrupt. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it flips, it flips the other way because being a mom of boys, I'm kind of trembling on myself. I'm wearing their clothes. I'm wearing my t-shirts. And, you know, just kind of all just. Milk together here. It's not like I have to adorn myself with makeup every day and be a role model. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's a good way to look at it, especially in the middle of this pandemic. We don't have to get our hair done or our nails done. We don't don't have to get fancy. We can be like one of the boys. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah, around the boys. That's so fine. Exactly. If I do put any makeup on, where are you going on? What are you doing? Just trying to feel a little normal here. Just trying to to feel elevated. Just trying to improve my mood. 
Well, I wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you so much for sharing some time with us this morning. I appreciate it. And I think that your story is just an awesome story. And to develop it for the folks that are listening, our audience, I would like to first start by saying that before you got into being an author, before you got into being an award-winning author, uh, you worked in the corporate life. So tell me what you did before and, and what your job was prior to uh, kind of how things developed with uh, Cubs Wish, the book you wrote. Okay, great. Well, uh, I started in the corporate world um, as a human resources slash recruiter. And I was with a major recruiting firm before I got I to a major satellite dish installation company. And I was doing that for about 10 years and very involved with the company. I was there for 10 to 12 hour days, basically married to this company. I would come home at 7 o'clock at night with my purse still on my shoulder, at the stove, cooking dinner, yelling at the kids, take your shower, (laughs) do your homework, get to bed. And um, at the end of the night, I was trying to read them bedtime stories, and I couldn't keep my eyes open reading anymore. And it wasn't really fair to them, and I, I understand that, you know, of course, after the fact. But uh, I would tell them, okay, give me whatever happens to be today. Give me a situation and give me some animals and I'll put something together for you. Now, I had, so a, I had a question for you re- re- with regard to that. Was that based on your child psychology understanding? I mean, were you were you trying to, you know, connect two things for them? Was that part of your background or is that you, just you being a mom, mm-hmm. like and telling stories, like and putting animals together with it? A little bit of everything. <laughs> I do have uh, <laughs> I do have a degree in, in uh, psychology. It's uh, human services with a with an emphasis on child psychology. And you know, honestly, with that, you know, I, it's all theory. And uh, until you put things into practice, sometimes all of that goes out the window. And you have to see how you are with your own children. And uh, what Dr. Spock or anybody else can tell you how to raise your child, your child is unique to everything. So. I just knew in my heart that I needed to spend more time with my kids somehow. And by sitting down and reading them or making up stories with them is a way that I connected with them. And it, it was a little bonding time. It was my kind of deflation from the day <laughs> just to be with my kids and, and do something to where this was special time for us. So I would just make up the story because I couldn't keep my eyes open. Simple as that. (laughs) (laughs) You were so depleted um, from working in the corporate world that you just really were spent. You didn't have anything left. And so this was all you could muster. (laughs) Right. The day just drained me sometimes, you know, dealing with, um, you know, adult issues that I would come home and turn them into stories sometimes myself and put some of my coworkers as animals and, and, you know, act it out with with my kids. I just want to know who the gorilla was and who the lion was. <laughs> I, I love um, that. I take the fifth. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> they might be listening. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so, so with that, I started to, uh, you know, I, I was doing that regularly. But then what happened was the company I was with, they sold. Mm. And they sold to a different major conglomerate and said, okay, you know what, we want you to transfer with us, but we want you to move to Colorado. Well, I'm a California girl. I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) homegrown. My feet are planted. I need the beach and concrete and sirens. I don't, you know, I I can't deal with cows and mountains right now because that was was my upbringing. (laughs) And and besides, things were pretty much planted here. My kids were in three different different schools at that time, you know, because my boys are are, uh, three to four years apart. So I thought, I can't uproot everybody. Let me just, I'm going to stay. So with that, uh, they, they said, okay, well, we're going to have to let you go then. And that was fine. Well, I came home and everything was quiet. I didn't know how to raise my kids full time because I was here. here. So that was a learning experience for me. But in that time, I thought, you know what? I have to do something. Is this the career that I want to continue with? Do I want to continue in HR, I knew in my heart I did because I love to help people and, and problems and, and represent something I really believe in. So I thought, you know, why don't I do that for myself? So looking back, my grandmother was a writer herself. She was an illustrator in Germany for World War II. And 
she did things and showed me when, when I was really young, she showed me her artwork and, and told me the stories that she did. And I thought, you know, I, I'd like to leave my footprint, you know, for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Let me give this a try. Before you move on, yeah. I just want to acknowledge that I think right now a lot of people are going to be going through what you did, that, that kind of that soul searching. So you were all of a sudden in a situation where you had to make a decision between completely upending your life and moving somewhere else to make a paycheck or mm-hmm. staying put and forfeiting your job in the process. And ultimately you just right. you chose to stay put. And so I guess my point to this is well, I've heard some people say that this time right now for everyone, they call it the great pause. In other words, everything in your yeah. life has paused. And I think it's allowing a lot of people to reflect and take stock yep. of where they are and what yep. they want and what they like and what they don't like about their life. And so, you know, through this process, you know, a lot of people are going to go through what you went through, but you went through it before all of this happened. And so when you were right. analyzing your your life to that point, I think what's key about what you said is that you remembered back to some things that you connected with emotionally that made you feel good, mm-hmm. that made you happy, mm-hmm. that embraced your artistic side and thought, well, if I'm going to change my life, why not connect with that? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You have to be happy with what you're doing. I mean, I've always, I've always been told, find a job that isn't a job. Find something you do that isn't considered work and you will be happy for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And you have to find passion in what you're doing and I had a passion at, the, at my company. I really did, but that wasn't my choice to leave. And as, as with all the, all the people out here right now, I mean, it's, it's not their choice what's going on right now. But uh, I did. I had to really take things into consideration. You know, am I going to make it? I was making a lot at that time. And all of a sudden... You were making a lot of money? Did. Yeah. You know, financially, I was happy. I was set. I mean, I, I wasn't making, you know... A, gigantic amount but you weren't you weren't Jeff Bezos but you were you were you (laughs) you know you were doing fine you weren't you weren't in a situation where you weren't worrying about where your next paycheck was going to come from or how you were going to eat or pay your mortgage or whatever yes I was very comfortable and we have a very comfortable life you know to where able to do things with the kids and not really bat my eyes too much you know, I was still kind of iffy on some of the name brands out there. And, oh, you really don't need this. And you can go to Target or something. <laughs> I was still thrifty in a way that, that, that we could do comfortably, but I was making enough to where I had a saving. How did you reconcile that decision? You know, how did you, because when you decided not to move to Colorado because they were offering you similar or same position in Colorado, did you, at the point that you made the decision to decline that, were you thinking that you were just going to, was it going to be easy to get a job, you know, doing the same thing with somebody else? Or like, what, what was your thought process that helped you go, you know what, I'm going to be okay, because it's hard to walk away from money. It is hard. And especially when you know that you were taking care of things, you were in control, you had some kind of control in your life, knowing that you were bringing in a paycheck that could take care of your family if necessary. Even though my husband, you know, he was working in a, in a very good job himself. I still wanted some of that control. Just giving up that control and stepping back and saying, okay, it's not all about the money. What made me look at that was my kids. Yeah. I looked, I was, they're being home for a solid month or not even a month, it takes maybe three weeks. Being home with them 24 7 and seeing all that I had to do and how they had to fit me back into their daily life. <laughs> It was just very interesting because I was always out seven in the morning till seven at night half the time. It was a very interesting fit to get back into their lives, but but it worked. It was fine because it wasn't like that because they were saying, "Who are you?" But they were just saying, "Wow, you're here more," and felt good. It felt like this is what it felt right doing is. Yeah, it just felt right. I should be home with my children, or I should be caring for my children, or I should be spending more quality time with them. It wasn't all about if I got another job, I'm never going to see him again. It was just, it, it totally shifted my mind to where I need to find a good work life balance. I couldn't agree with that more only because right now I think a lot of people are going through that same situation. People that are not used to being with their children are now with their children for now 
what, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, depending on when they they receive stay-at-home orders. So I think that there's a lot of people that may be going through what you went through, no fault of their own, but just this recognition that spending time with the kids, it's, it's, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. I enjoy it. I love it. I didn't realize I missed it so much. I didn't realize I wasn't doing it. Yeah, you don't realize you're not doing it because you think, oh, I have the weekend dinner, I'm home with these for dinner, maybe, you know, you think these, these little bits of time, but in a 24-hour day when you're only actually with your children awake hours for two to three hours of those 24 hours, that's kind of harsh when you sit down and you all of a sudden have those 24 hours to be with them. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand how to do it, and can hopefully this, this helps them see that, you know, they're, they didn't, I, I don't know about this, but... I didn't have children for someone else to raise them. It hit me hard. It hit me hard when I had to, when, you know, chose to stay home. Now, I could have gone to the other corporate in here in Los Angeles, and I could have done other things, but I thought, you know what? I need to pick it for a minute. I need to step back and just figure out what it's all about because it was very eye-opening. And for my son, at one point, he went to a retreat, and one of the counselors spoke to me afterwards and said, you know, your son told me about your past because I grew up in Hollywood and my mom was, you know, hardly there because I was a single parent. My grandma was there, but she was elderly. And, and so it really was kind of a weird, weird setup to be able to, to do things. The chapter said, you know, your son told us about your your life growing up and it wasn't that easy. But he said he really wishes that he was able to spend more time with you because you're hardly around. Now, when Whoa. you hear that from somebody let me tell you, it was like a slug in the throat. Yeah. I was like, you know, there's embarrassment, there's shame, there's all these emotions that went through me thinking, but I'm home now. But it was what he was feeling growing up. And I didn't get it until it was like thrown in my face too. Yeah. Then once you confront it, it's like, it's, it's so obvious at that moment. It's like everything kind of aligns yeah. to say, hey, you know, road sign, mm-hmm. you've been away too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you exit the corporate 500 world. You now are unsure what you're going to do, not really having a plan, but you remember your grandmother and she was an illustrator and she used to show you these books. And so you've been telling your kids some story time stuff. So how did the, because I love this story, how did you transition to where all of a sudden now you're beginning to develop a story for a book? Once I knew that I wanted to give the whole story writing thing a try, I thought, okay, I'm going to go online and see how to put my words on paper. You know, because I had these stories that I was reading to my kids. What I was doing with my children was when I was reading them the stories, they wanted to hear them again. And half the time I was telling them these stories, I was kind of loopy from the day, and, and I didn't remember half the things I was saying were just coming out, you know. And they were whimsical enough for them to say, hey, you know, can you read us, tell us that story again? <laughs> you know, oh, geez, was it a castle or an elephant? What did I say? So uh, I started writing those stories down. Well, my little one, my youngest one, uh, saw me writing the stories so I could tell it to him again. I don't want a notebook and a spiral notebook. He told me his first grade teacher and said, my mom is a writer. My mom writes children's stories. Can she come and read to the class? And the teacher said, well, yeah, that, that would be great. So I, he, the teacher called me and said that I have a little agent out there that's <laughs> agenting me around. And if I'd like to come to And I basically told her, you know, these are the stories that I just had in my mind that I just took notes on. But, you know, I don't mind coming to the class. You know, nice change of scenery since now I'm home <laughs> to come in and read to the class. And so I did. And I printed out a piece of pictures of animals on the internet so that way they could see you know the animals but it was so cut and paste i um read to the class and the teachers i read some of the stories that i had and the teachers were were very impressed when i said you know we think you have something here because the kids were giggling at the right time they asked the right questions they made the right comments and so i thought okay well let me look into this at what point did you experience some of the adversity that you talk about because you you did mention that you were told you know this isn't going to work out you know no like it's impossible like it like it just everywhere you went it just felt like people were against you yeah it wasn't right well what (laughs) in 
between me writing and figuring out this is what I wanted to do, my old employer called and he started a new company and said, hey, we'd, we'd like to have you do some consulting work. Uh, what are you doing right now? And I said, well, I'm, I'm doing some children's books. I think I wanted to write some children's stories. And he said, that's cute. That's nice. Let me tell you, you know, off the, you know, the shelter, they don't go too far. You're not going to make a lot of money, so you might as well take up another job. And just knowing that he said, that's cute. What a cute hobby. Good luck with that. It, it was more of a challenge to me. I, I'm, I'm a little rebellious. I've got that Hollywood streak in me. Now I found them. You know what? You, <laughs> you, you and Jen would get along just great. I like being told I can't do something. Like, it challenges right? me. I'm like, okay, I will show you. Watch me. I, I know how to handle her. If I want something done, I just tell her she can't do it. <laughs> but I know when he's like, trying what? to do that reverse psychology what? on me. You know when I'm trying to do that? Yeah, I so. thought it was like my master secret. <laughs> it's not a secret. What? I, I've right. been married. You know when you're... <laughs> yeah, we've been married way too long. I know all the secrets. No. Jeez. <laughs> Right. It might have worked the first few years, Sean, but wait a minute. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think once once you hit into uh, the twenty plus years, and that stuff don't work no more. Yeah. I got yeah, your number. Exactly. <laughs> I got your number. Yeah. Exactly. You know, my husband was saying the same. He said he tried, and I was like, "Whatever, yes, here, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> so somebody told you, "Nice hobby." Yeah, you're playing cutesy. There's no money in that. That's not going to go anywhere. But whatever you want to do, that was kind of what they said. Yeah, and and I said, okay, you know that's, that's fine. You take that approach, and good luck with your business. I, I mean, I love the guy. He's a nice guy, but and and things didn't fully work out because I didn't want to do to go back into that type of business right away. I want to take a break, mm-hmm. and so agents, you know, were telling me, no, not right now. You know, it was cute, but not right now. And it wasn't cut with the story that I, that I have now. It wasn't that initial story. It was different stories uh, that I was sending out. And it was just very hard. And, and I thought it needed you know, thousands of dollars in order to get your books printed. And, and it was just crazy amounts. And I didn't want to spend all of my life savings on doing something that I wasn't completely sure with yet. I wasn't sure yet. So running into to different mild, you know, uh, doors of, of, no, this might not be for you. And people saying, oh, I don't think so. That was, that was a challenge. So how did you to, push through that? I mean, is it yeah. your stubbornness? Is it your obstinance? Is it your, you know, your DNA that allowed you to more easily push, push past that? Because there's going to be a lot of people that listen that would feel like that discouragement would have made them quit right. and stop. So how did you push through that? But, look at things in life as far as, you know, things that experience you or if you just pass there, then you'd be a, a ball in the corner. And I don't want to be a, a ball in the corner. I, I want to be somebody that's going to make a difference in the world somehow. And that's what I thought. It's just, I had to have some epiphany of like, okay, now it's my turn. Now it's my chance to figure out what I need to do. I don't have a job. I have a little bit of savings. I have kids that are watching me. That's the main thing, like I said, or my family. Most of the main thing, my kids are watching me. And I expect them to rise above it all when things get tough. And I can't sit there and take and myself crazy or, or cry every, every time something I don't like happens. I have to show them how to rise above it. So I got on and I was always with my little one. Like, Come here, you want to have this gun? And see this? This is a, um, this is how you edit a story. Or look at all these different illustrators. Look at these cookies that from mommy's story. You know, and just get them involved in the process. With me, I had to prove to my kids that I could do it. I had to show myself that I can do it. I wanted to leave a mark in the world somehow. And I knew that if I left my mark, it could be some, in some way that my grandma left my mark with me. Because if I'm remembering the stories that she told me, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm not very age. <laughs> then that can make a difference in someone else's life as well. I mean, yeah. we all remember stories that we heard. I mean, the story that influenced me the most that she read to me, and I would ask her to read it over and over, was Some Silverstein's Giving Tree. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but... Yeah. The I Giving have. Tree? Yes. Very simple. Yes, very simple. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't crazy art everywhere. It was so line drawing. And the message was so 
profound mm-hmm. that when you're a kid, you don't get it. But that when you read it, you know, when you're an adult, it, it really is profound. And that's how I wanted my story to come across. But I wanted to make a difference in the kid's life, but even more so because this particular book in an adult's life. Let me pause you there for a second. I think what you're what you're saying about being an example to your kids is spot on. I've said to my children, our boys, that they're living through history right now. This is one of the few times ever in their life that you can say absolutely every single day that goes on, history's in the making. This is a pandemic. This is the worst that we've seen since... 1918, they will write about it in history books 50 years from now, 100 years from now, 200 years from now. And the reality of it is, is that that's that's what's occurring. And so I have to remind myself, like you and Jen and I've talked about this, Mm -hmm. we want to set an example for them right now as to what you do when the world breaks loose like it is now. And, And I think us pivoting to do this Hope Radio podcast is like you pivoting to write a children's book. Right. It, it was like something that you felt led to do, something that you felt called to do, something mm-hmm. that you could do, something that would make a difference. And, and I totally mm-hmm. instead of breaking, we're we're rising. Yeah, we're rising Insta- instead of rising wi- withering. Yes, right. Well, you know the thing is, I didn't have an English degree. The education that I received, it wasn't around writing. It, it wasn't anything that has to do with anything that is remotely what I'm doing right now. Yeah. The only thing that led me to it was my strength. Because, as I mentioned, I'm not a scholar in English. I half the time don't use this English. Yeah. And thank God for editors. My editor, Alana Gerardo, she just was crazy. She just made all my stories look like someone else wrote it, yet still kept my essence because she just made it. She just helped me get my word across. So you don't have to be what people are telling you to be, or you don't have to be whatever you spend all that money going to college and universities to be. You have to be what you feel comfortable being, especially at this point when everything is at a, at a turnaround. Yeah. Because life is so short, and we can see that with the people that are suffering right now. Life's too short. You have to do something to make your mark, to feel good about yourself, to feel good about what you're doing, what you can offer to people. And I think right now the message also is just being kind and just being something of a positive uh, source out there for people to look at to, to help to, that you can help just being positive right. and making sure that you are making a positive mark in life and you're not taking advantage of the people that are out there that are feeling low by you know hiking up the prices mm-hmm. or you know just gouging on people it just doesn't make sense because you know I believe in karma yeah <laughs> yeah if you want everything to, to roll right then then do right. Do right. So that's and what, that's- I, I think one of the one of the things that was impressive to me about your story too, and kind of the origin of of Cubs Wish the book, was that when you decided to follow your passion, when you decided to follow your talent, when you de- decided to follow what you felt in your spirit was where you're being led, you impacted other people as well. So talk a little bit about the right. illustrator that came alongside you for the book. So these stories. I had 21 stories. I didn't know what to do with them. So I went to the school where my husband uh, was working, Bishop Montgomery High School in Torrance, good night, and I uh, <laughs> gave my story to the uh, the art teacher, Mr. John Hahn. I gave him my art, my stories and said, would you like to illustrate my, my stories? Because I knew that he was an art teacher and he said, I'll do you one better. I'll give it to my students as a lesson plan and you know, I'll, I'll give you back the stories, and then you can see which, which, if anybody, you know, meets your your needs. So he did, and all these different illustrations came back from different stories, and they were cute high school work, and a really good, good job, talented kids, but one stuck out, and she just embraced my heart with the one picture, just captured the essence of the whole story. And I said, I need to do this. I need to do this with her. For sure, I'm going to do self-published now, absolutely, because I'm just in love with this girl's art. And I talked to her and said, hey, you want to go on a journey with me? <laughs> and she said, sure. I said, was was she upset? blown away? Was she, I mean, like, what did she say about the book? Did she say it connected with her on, on like, another level, which is why, you know, she, she was able to capture she it did. in illustration? Yeah, she did. 
she said she loved pandas. So that's why she chose that story. I said, okay, you know, because it was pandas. But then she said that the story just uh, touched her heart. So she was able to put more into it. And hearing that, wow, that, you know, that's, that's touching to know that I touched your heart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll get closed off, but this was great. And, and hearing hearing that and knowing that she was she was invested, I was like, okay, let's do this. And um, so she finished the book for me, and I helped her by getting her her subscription membership to the SCBWI, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, because they were giving scholarships out for for new art new illustrators. And I thought, you know what, this would be a great subscription for her to have so that way she could maybe grow. Yeah. But after doing that, and I don't want to be an illustrator. This isn't what I want to do. I want to be an animator, but not so much just an illustrator. And I said, well, this is a great start for you. This is a great platform. So um, she agreed. She was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time the book came out, it, it just, blossoms and she's able to take all the accolades that I received as well. She um <laughs> she was a smarty cat. And <laughs> she got a full ride to <laughs> she got a full ride to Berkeley. She she just she's up there studying everything. So it was really hard to get the rest of the pictures out because I did not want to affect any of her study. Yeah. Because that's so important. You know, she she worked so hard in high school. I didn't want to weigh her and say, oh, forget all that, I'll make you a millionaire because I'm still waiting for that myself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. You know, just go ahead and, and, and do your studies, but, you know, whenever you can, just, you know, pop a few more over here, pop a few, you know, of the last pictures to me. And uh, she did. And when the book was launched, it really did her well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would imagine the notoriety, the doors that open as a result of that, you know, especially when, right. when you well, look she, at what the book did. I mean, so let's let's go to that side of the story just for a second because you decided to self-publish. Mm-hmm. You know, you found a high school illustrator that just loved the story. You guys get together. You, you create the book. She illustrates it. You decide to self-publish, and you're going to do so on Amazon and walk mm-hmm. us through, you know, a couple days prior mm-hmm. and the day of the launch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... I, along my journey, I really, it, it was a blessing to me because I was always told, my mom, one of the lessons that I hold on tight from my mom is, you'll never know unless you ask. Because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to open my mouth a little wider here and, and just start asking people for help and, and let them know, hey, you know, I'm only asking because I wouldn't know the answer unless I did. So with that preference, say, oh, okay, well... She's not pushy. She's just inquisitive. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, through the children's book writers, I met some amazing uh, authors and agents uh, that came down to speak to the group. And uh, I had help from a few of them to, to basically put me on the right path of what to do. And besides also, Google became my best friend. Because any question I had, I would Google. I, you know, what do I do once the book is complete? How do I get an ISBN number? And that's a little number they use for sales. And how do I do this? How do I get it copyrighted? And I would just ask Google, and then I would have my these people that came into my life assisting me as well and saying, this is what works for me. So what happened was uh, with that, I was able to, to learn the ins and outs and, and what, what publisher I should go with. And I went with a company called Ingram Spark because I have a small place. And what they are is a, a print-on-demand, and that's called a POD. Now, with print-on-demand, they will only print a book if it's being asked for. Mm. And But they will publish the book for you, and they will get it on, on sites for you and, and um, make sure your, your name gets out there. And one of the sites they get you on is to Amazon. Well, I, I wanted <laughs> more than that as well, but I thought, okay, what I have to do is tell my friends that I'm putting this book on Amazon and everybody needs to come on to buy it on Amazon. And uh, I just put the word out there. I asked my friends, please share this information with everybody you know. Uh, I went to stores, I went to school saying, hey, my book is going to launch and I'd love for once it launches, I can come back and read it to you. But if you can, share this information. I knew a lot of teachers back then as well. I had my book group. 
you know, the people that were helping me that were already established, they went ahead and shared the information. And basically, I was tooting my horn, which I was not used to doing. It's uncomfortable. It really is. And because I always thought, you know, people would be like, oh, I'm so conceited. But they're the ones who are laughing all the way to the bank, and I'm not. With that being difficult, and with a lot of friends knowing that it was difficult for me, and they were saying, hey, you know what, I don't think I can ever do that. I will help you. And I was like, well, you can. So let's talk later. When the book launched on Amazon, I was an instant bestseller. My book came in at the end of a 10-hour day at number 2,776 of all 11 million books on Amazon. Your book came in at 2,000 and something out of 11 million. That's incredible. It, it blew me away. Like <laughs> So exciting. What were you expecting? Just tell us, be candid, be frank. What was going to make you happy? Like if you saw a certain number, I mean, was it was it 50 books? Was it 500 books? Like yeah. what in your mind was going to make you, oh, this this is working? 50 books, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to sell 50 because that's, because in a self-publisher, usually with self-publishing, if you sell 100 books in, you know, in a year, you're lucky. That's good. If you yeah. sell 100 books in your lifetime, that's good. And this is the stories that I've been told. But all of a sudden, knowing that I came in that high above, yeah. you know, all of these other books. And, you know, so I could not believe the fact that I that I was able to get that, that high amount. And within 10 hours of sale, my book sold out on Amazon. They weren't, they couldn't keep up with the demand at that point. Oh, my gosh. So they said, you know, we're sold out. And we're sold out, but more will come. And I started getting texts and emails from people. Andrew, your book is sold out. Where can I get it? When can I get it? I was like, oh, my God. You guys are really listening. That's awesome. (laughs) Are you a faith person? Are you a spiritual person? Okay. Yes. So are we. And so like, I love, I love a story like this because I feel like you moved in faith and then God showed up and he showed up big. And that, that for me, I would think that that was a confirmation that you are on the right path. Yes. Uh, Yep. Absolutely. And and if he was giggling or not, that's okay. Because <laughs> he was he giggling because he, 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 he loves seeing you move in faith and then he all of a sudden being rewarded. Off. Yeah, he loves he loves showing off. Yeah, He's yes, like, he hey, you oh, thought X? Yeah, it was- I'm going to blow you away. I'm going to do 10 <laughs> times X. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's, I mean, I, I, it blew away without me knowing how big it was going to blow away. So... A week after the Amazon launch was my physical launch, where um, I was, I had a, a launch party. Now I didn't know how to do a launch, a physical launch. People are like, "Oh, you know, some people have it at bookstores." Well, because I was self-published, not there weren't many bookstores out there that were were willing to take a self-published author. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to have to do this myself. So at the Torrance Airport, I rented the room out. So the Torrance Airport. The, banquet room at the Torrance Airport and um, bought some decorations and thought, okay, well, I'm just going to say, come on down if you would like to buy the book in person and I'll sign it for you. And that was hard for me too, because I'm thinking I'm going to be autographing books that I've never really autographed much before (laughs) at all before. And I'm really putting myself out there because I'm like, you want my autograph. (laughs) It was so awkward. But this, this writing I was amazed at what happened. I mean, I had a face painter and a um, photo booth. I was making it a party because it was around my birthday as well. And I was like, this is how I want to celebrate my birthday. And I want to celebrate it as a launch, my book launch. Well, I sold that day. I had friends coming from high school, friends I haven't seen in ages, from junior high and elementary school, just coming down and supporting, bringing their kids, bringing their families, bringing their friends. I sold 90 books wow. at my own you know, physical launch. And I was still saying, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I mean, I'm not filling these books with money and you're not getting anything but a story and a lesson. But but what I realized was, wait a minute, maybe my story and lesson was something that people wanted. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I continued and I was like, okay, well, if I can do that, then I'm going to try and do more. So I would contact podcast places. I was invited to a bookstore and uh, out here, which is unfortunately no longer around, yeah. but it was called Type and Symbol. 
and um, and Pipes and Singles carried my book, and for three consecutive months, it was a bestseller. Um, it was selling online with Barnes and Noble, online with Target and Walmart, and it just it was doing what it needed to do. And uh, I thought, okay, well, this is good. And I was I was invited to school. Uh, I was invited to to speak at events. I was at the Orange County Children's Book Festival and they asked me actually to read. And I was like, of all these other authors that you have here <laughs> and you're inviting me to read on stage, that was amazing for me. Yeah. Well, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go one step further. I stepped outside of the box and I thought, well, I'm going to publish in the city and, uh, you know, through their councils, their, their chambers. Well, with that, I was invited to be in two parades in the city season. So I was one of the first authors be in the San Pedro City Holiday Parade, and I was a non-council member <laughs> to be in the Hollywood Riviera, uh, down here in, in Redondo Beach, the Hollywood Riviera Holiday Parade. And um, I've been in that parade for the past three years, me and my mascot, and we, we lead the parade off for the past three years. And that's been crazy to know that oh my gosh, I'm an author and I'm in a parade. You don't really see that too much. So, uh, I love it. But one thing I did want to say is that um, the support that I received not just from my friends, but from my family was amazing. My husband, okay, I do have to give props to him. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I could do, I, I probably could, but not in the, in the way that I have, um, could have done as much as I did. Because uh, at my physical launch, seeing all these people and friends sitting around and, and waiting in line for me to sign the book. I was like, what's going on? You guys are in line for me? So that's not, I, I, it may be uncomfortable, yeah. but, but it was, he says to me, that, you know, the next day, he said, you know, it would have been really cool if you had some, some panda costume, some guy in a panda costume walking around. He goes, you know, I should get a panda costume and walk around and shake people's hands. <laughs> I could have done that. And I was like, yeah, that's cute, honey. It was almost three weeks of the day. That, of him saying that, that I was in the shower and it just hit me in the head what he said. And I was like, oh my God. So I jumped out of the shower mid shower, opened the door, yelled downstairs, honey, are you serious? Were you serious about that panda costume that you wanted to get a panda costume? And he goes, yeah, why not? It might be fun. And I was like, okay, order it. Go, go online, order one. That's so <laughs> awesome. I was like, oh my God, why didn't, yeah, why didn't I do this? So, you know, with a few trials and errors, we got the costume from China, and he's six foot four, and, and he's, you know, he's very tall. In China, the large cost, large sizes are actually kind of small, so we had to go through a few costumes before we actually found one that fits. No, we need properly. extra large. Extra large. <laughs> extra, extra. He's a, he's extra, a big man. Extra tall. Yeah. <laughs> extra tall. Extra tall. So, um, so yeah, so he uh, has been my mascot i call him panda pal and we go to when we go to the festivals or, or book selling uh, uh, book selling events he'll show up and he has been my rock as far as somebody that i can hold on to and maybe hide behind a little yeah. you know it's I, he's been my safety blanket because i'm still not one million percent comfortable of being mm-hmm. in front of people just by myself because i think who wants to see me but with him Oh my gosh, the kids, they're just, they love him. When we're in the parades, they're saying, hey, Panda, dab, dab, you know, and he does a little dab <laughs> pose or when I have that. So, so him being there for me, you know, as my mascot, having my, my youngest one being my agent to help me start out, having my older two help me set up and break down at events because they're muscular themselves. I mean, it has been a family affair. Oh, that's, you know, that's so awesome. I I just, I love you following your passion. I love you being surprised with the response. And then, you know, not, not only did you have a, a great book, and by the way, Cubs Wish, I love it. I love the story. I love the message. I get why it has received the accolades, the praise, and the awards that it has. But I think that, that you... From me to you, you following your passion, you doing something that was a risk and completely outside of your comfort zone in so many different ways you've shared with us how you had to stretch yourself to get to this point and you continued to stretch yourself to get to this point. So I guess the, the question that I have is that as you look back on it 
now, you know, having left the corporate world, looking at what you created and the awards and the attention and the movement that kind of it has garnered or created for you, like what, are you just amazed? I mean, do you, do you sit back and go, man, I can't believe how good it is and how different it is from where I was, you know, four years ago or five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I, I look back and I think, what, what, what happened? Like, like, how did I get to this point? Because I'm so invested in it. And the fact that I haven't stopped, I, I'm holding on to a gun for, for my, my second um, edition of the Cub Swish Stories, Cubs Gift. And I just, I don't know what happened, but I'm not going to stop. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's awesome. As we, uh, as we close out the show, I want to ask you a question. You know, now, now that you have this perspective, seeing what you've been through, kind of following your passion, what would you say to somebody that's listening right now that may be feeling nervous, maybe feeling anxious, that they're uncomfortable, that the life that they knew maybe has changed dramatically? They're doing some of that soul searching right now to figure out what the next path will be or where maybe they want to focus their attention. What would you say to them based on what you've lived over the last few years? Don't give up hope, number one. Believe in your faith. Believe that you are, it's possible for you to do whatever you need to do. If you were able to be, you know, this corporate goddess or whatever god, whoever you you were at one point, if you were in the corporate scene, you have that same ability to do it for yourself. Whatever work you were doing for someone else, you have one ability to do it for yourself if that's what you want to do. And if you don't want to do it for yourself, just embellish your 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 skills. You know, learn something more because. Um, you won't know what it's about unless you try. And even though you try and you fail, that's okay because you won't know unless you actually try. And there's there's no no such thing as failing. It's just maybe it's just the right time. Maybe it's just hard on the right industry that you're looking into. I would never throw bundles of money at anything to get me started in anything. To get this whole thing started, I had friends that were able to help me voluntary. You know, people will be out there. When you share your dream with someone, you want to be a part of that dream as well until they figure out what they want to do. I've had so many friends that said, you know, I don't think I could ever do this, but I'll help you. And that was just amazing. And with them being able to help, now they can say, oh, well, yes, I helped children, an award-winning children's book. I have a friend who did that. You know, oh, yeah, I created a website for um, an author who won awards. I mean, for them to be able to to hang on to, to my accomplishments and use it for their own is great, but you can do those things for yourself. And it's scary for me. As I said, I'm not an English scholar, but that's what editors are for, and they will help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just think that if you really want something bad enough, you can do it. And excuses are like belly buttons. Everybody has one. <laughs> but you've really got to clean up that lens and figure out what you need to do to make yourself a positive footprint in this world. Well said. Yes. Absolutely well said. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you've inspired us. You've inspired our listeners. And I know that you've inspired the people that have come alongside Mm -hmm. you through this journey of, uh, you know, bringing Cubs wish to the world. And, you know, least of all, I know that you have inspired your kids, like what they're seeing their mom do and accomplish with no background, with no, you know, reason to assume that that would be the obvious thing that you did. You just went out and you made it happen. Yes. No excuses. It out. And, uh, and, and look what it did. Yeah. It, it's literally bought <laughs> happiness and hope and a great message to so many people. And so congratulations yeah. on that. I just, Thank just a you. wonderful but story. One, one thing I did want to say though, um, with, with what you're saying is that I do believe that you have to live in thanks. You always have to be grateful and thank the people that have helped you. Yes. Because a lot of people will take their, their stardom and run. And with you, I'm giving you so much thanks for taking the time to let me share my story. Mm-hmm. But with, with everybody around you who's helped develop, don't burn bridges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stay humble. You, need to move forward with those bridges. Yeah. you have to stay humble and you have to love what you're, what you're doing in order for you to go forward. You might not go forward as fast as somebody who can step all over somebody to get to the top, mm-hmm. but it's a long fall. Yeah. So you yeah. have to live in thanks. So 
make sure you're not taking advantage of the people that are helping you and, and make sure that you can always, you'll always be living in thanks. Absolutely. Well said. Thank yeah. you so much, yeah, Angie. We, we personally really, really love your story. Cubs Wish, Sean actually read it to me in bed last night. So <laughs> I, I love it. Here you go, like, telling our I was secrets like, oh, you're again. you read me a bedtime story. It was super, super cute. And of course we can relate because we have four cubs of our own. I know you have three, but we have four. But um, yeah, so it was a really, really cute story. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the message is not for kids, it's for adults. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, that came through that's loud true. and clear. <laughs> that's. I think that's why he read it to me. <laughs> it was great, though. It was fun. Thank you so much, Angie, Goodness. for your time. You we so really much. appreciate you uh, coming on our podcast and, and sharing your message of, of hope and inspiration. Well, thank you so much, both of you. It's been a wonderful experience. Thank you. That, Jen, was a fascinating interview. I think Angie is awesome. I think her story, leaving the corporate world, following mm-hmm. her passion, her grandmother tie-in, her tie-in to her kids, and how it all was interwoven into mm-hmm. a story of like transforming multiple people's lives, including her own. Yeah. What an awesome story. I love how she just figured it out, too. Yeah. You know, it's not like, like no excuses. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know how to publish a book. Well, I'm going to Google it. Google. I don't know how to do my own uh, self-promotion mm-hmm. book signing tour, so I'm going to Google it. I, I think don't... that's what everyone should be doing. I know. You know. Like, if you don't know something, figure it out. Yes. Like, ask Alexa. Exactly, right. Although I did ask her a question. I can't remember what it was, but she said she refused to answer. Well, <laughs> you probably asked her an inappropriate question, and that's like why I she accused. That. Well, Actually, I probably did. <laughs> you probably did, yes. <laughs> Just to make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get the answers you need if you ask inappropriate questions. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're so, right. but you know, just the story of mm-hmm. Angie's like perseverance and mm-hmm. her can-do, figure-it-out attitude, and setting an example for her kids. I think that's a lesson we can all learn. Yeah. Are we setting the right example for our children? Yes. Are we doing what? you know, we would want them to do if they were in this circumstance 30 years from now or, you know, 20 years or whatever. Yeah, I think that's such a great message right there itself. And I love the book itself. I know. You know what I read, what really resonated with me is that she, you know, would come home from work and she'd be so tired that her eyes just couldn't even stay awake. Well, when the boys were little, that's what I would do. I honestly didn't want to read the book. I wanted just to shut the lights off and like use my own imagination because I have like the imagination like Mickey and just create these stories. And I remember the character in my book every single time was Guinevere. Do you remember? Guinevere? Guinevere was my, was the, uh, she was the damsel in distress in every, (laughs) every book story that I would read to the kids. So that totally resonated with me, with me because that's what I used to do. You know what I... I'm going to write a book. I like I'm it. I'm so inspired. I'm going to write a book about Guinevere. You should do that. I'm going to. I know. Yeah. You do what you say you're going to do. That's I for do what dang I want. sure. Yes. 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 Well, I think the other thing too is just I, I could not believe how impactful the message was mm-hmm. and how few and short the words and the story. I, know. I mean, I love the book. I mean, it, it, it takes 10 minutes to read. Yes. But yet the message slams you across the face. That's the kind of book I want to write. That's what you want to do? Yeah. Well, we know somebody Short that can help and you. sweet. Yeah. Yes. I know. I learned a lot. I, did you see all the notes I was taking while she was uh, sharing her story? I saw notes and doodles. I do have one, one question for you, though. What? Would you ever dress up as a panda for me? <sighs> yes. You would? Yes. Okay, I'm totally writing a book. You can't copy her, though. Guinevere not... can't be a panda story. No, she's not a panda story. So what am I going to be dressed up as? I'm going to think about it, but it's going to be really, really cool. No, now that I committed, you cannot dress me up as something <laughs> like awkward and highly inappropriate. Oh, it'll be awkward. No. Yeah. No. That's what's going to sell. Awkward oh sells. Gosh. Weird right. is rad. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> and let me just say, if you have a story of hope or a story of overcoming perseverance etc we want to know about it you can reach out to us on our social media at hope radio podcast on instagram or hope radio podcast on facebook and let us know that you have a story to share we'd love to have you come on and share your truth share your message and ultimately share hope with others so please reach out to us hope radio podcast all right, so I got a finishing quote for the day from Paticus Lore. Paticus. What, a, what a name. Paticus, Paticus Lore. It's a quote about hope. 
Okay. I always like to finish the show with a hope quote. Mm-hmm. When you've lost hope, you've lost everything. And when you think all is lost, when all is dire and bleak, there's always hope. I love that. It's like a twister. I love being left with a little bit of hope. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The egg. I lost hope, but when you lose hope, there's always hope. I, regardless, I agree. Wait, what did come first? Uh, the chicken or the egg? Well, I think the chicken has to lay the egg first. But how did the chicken get here? Because there was a chicken that laid an egg before. But that, that, that chicken had to be an egg first. Yes. It's the egg. And that chicken had a chicken how lay that egg. How did the egg get here? <laughs> This is this is not something that we're going to solve today. But it's going to give me hope to think about that we can solve this problem. Yes. And if you're out there, just please <laughs> tell us which came first, chicken or the egg. One of the two. And for you, young lady, here's what I got to say. How, how about we do this again tomorrow? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. It's It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. Yeah, let's do it.